Welcome to the You Glow Nurse Podcast, where we are growing and glowing through our nursing journey and practicing real self-care along the way. Ready for the real glow up? Join the conversation with me, your host, Fallon Lopez, BSN RN, Certified Health and Wellness Coach and CEO of RU Well, where I empower new nurses to adapt to busy nurse life by creating real self-care strategies that boost energy and build real self-confidence. So if you're struggling to keep afloat in this busy nurse life and ready to ditch the hustle culture, this is a space for you. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe to our online community and here on the podcast for more self-care resources. Let's do it, y'all. What's going on, friends? Welcome to another episode of the You Glow Nurse podcast with me, your host, Fallon Lopez, registered nurse, certified health and wellness coach and CEO of Are You Well? On today's episode, I have another interview with an amazing um, special guest, Ms. Sue Wen clinical pharmacist is going to be on with us today. Before we get into that conversation with a fellow healthcare professional where we are expanding on our perspective of purpose and what does that mean in our self-care journey, let me do a couple of announcements and just uh, share a few things before we get started. All right, y'all. So uh, just want to remind you, I do have a an opportunity to partner with us in healthy accountability goals for the rest of the year. The Healthy Holiday Accountability Group is going live this October, October 29th. I believe it's, it's the last week in October, a few days before Halloween, before you get all that candy in. Join us as we keep each other accountable in our self-care, in our health and wellness goals. You can connect with me and join us in that accountability group by connecting with me on my social uh, social media accounts. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Just send me a DM that you're ready to join us in the Healthy Holidays Accountability Group so that we can just stay on our goals during our time uh, of, of holiday fun while we're serving others, prioritizing our well-being. That's what it's all about. So I can't wait to see you there. All right. Links to those social media accounts will be in my show notes for more. All right, y'all. Episode the this episode is going to be with a, a an extension of the healthcare family. I'm so excited to bring her on because it's it's giving us a new perspective, a different view of what it means to serve, what it means to give to others, and in the way that she is showing up. Miss Thu Wen is a graduate from University of Arizona. She completed two years of residency. She now works as a clinical pharmacist in the hospital. In addition uh, to clinical practice, she really enjoys creating content online. That is empowering other pharmacists to share their stories and advocate for their profession. Currently, she is sharing her experience as a healthcare provider on LinkedIn. She also hosts LinkedIn live series called Pharmacists Discuss, and and she is the co-host of a pharmacy podcast called Hey Rx Friends, We Got This. I love what Sue is sharing in her social media, um, and it it's really aligns with what we're doing here on the podcast and the You Glow Nurse podcast, how we can be self-aware, how can we take care of ourselves so that we can give more and, and be more for not only our patients, our clients, our, but our communities and ourselves. That's number one, what it's all about. So let's bring Miss Sue on, Dr. Sue on right now. Hello, hello, Fallon. How are Hi. you? Hi. Welcome. <laughs> How are Thank you? Thank you so much. I'm doing well. I'm so excited uh, to be on this podcast with you today. Um, we met like almost a whole year ago, I think. Yeah. A, a while ago, and it was on a different podcast about burnout. And so it's been really cool to meet other people in another you know, profession um, and get to connect that way. For sure, a hundred percent. I've been watching your journey and just all the things that you're sharing for your profession and just for healthcare overall. So I felt like this conversation would really be able to add to the listeners, just tool belt and and add to their lives. So I, I'm excited to have you on here and just to hear <laughs> all about your journey. Yeah. So let's start off the conversation. Um, I want to ask about your your self care um, because. You shared in some of your posts, y'all. Yeah, you need to go follow through on on um, on LinkedIn and and Instagram. Instagram. Empowered, empowered. Farm, Farm D. Farm D. Yes. Yeah. A lot of 
self-reflection on there, a lot of things that you're sharing about uh, self-awareness and self-care. So, uh, and you shared on one of your posts, like you feel like your COVID kind of helped you evolve and, and <laughs> head into a different direction in your career. So I want to hear, you know, as you're evolving in this, this profession, um, what are some ways that you're practicing self-care as you evolve, as you're growing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my self-care my self-care has been very different um throughout my life, but more recently the things that I found that have been really useful for me um is to it's what they call time blocking. I've kind of realized, you know, as that self-awareness p- component is so important because self-care I think for me like isn't always the same for everybody and you have to kind of do what's that what works for you. And for me, as I'm going through life, I'm like, you know what? People are always complaining that I'm late to things, that I do struggle with, like um, making sure I'm organized, that I don't feel overwhelmed. And then I did some research, just kind of like looking through the internet and just understanding like, why why am I like this and what kind of techniques that would help me to be on time more, to not feel so overwhelmed with all the tasks that I have to do, all of these things. And so time blocking was something that I started doing and it's been really useful. The problem is that I have to put in time to time block. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it can be kind of annoying sometimes, but that part is really important for me. Um, more recently, too, I've been doing a lot more like yoga meditations type of um, practice. And that's been very mind opening, very healing. And that's been another thing that I do for self-care. Um, yeah, for self-care as well. I don't really have like a morning or a night routine like all the other girlies do on the Internet. So um, but I, you know, I journal all the time. So that is part of my routine. Um my nighttime routine, but overall, like my self-care is kind of just like a continuous growth of healing basically. And whatever that I can add to that, um, to make me feel more, you know, secure in my life and just feel less overwhelmed and, and like flustered. So that's, those are the things I'm working on. Yeah. I love that. I love how you share that self-care is different for everyone. And yeah, yeah, it doesn't, you see these people on Instagram, they share things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be just for you, right? Yeah. Like, but also like the routines that you see on on Instagram or on the internet, like it's it's like it's it you know it seems time consuming for me because I'm like oh my gosh mm-hmm. like I already have a hard time like you know planning out my day first of all, but like all of these things like you have to make it sustainable. You can't do yeah. things uh, over a long course of time if if you can't like keep up with it. And so even now I'm like kind of struggling a little bit with trying to keep up with my yoga meditation because I have to drive like 15 minutes to go to this yoga studio. And that's like putting that into my, my whole day, like that can take a lot of time. So like 15 minute driving there, an hour there, and then 15 minutes back. That's like already an hour and a half, you know, like, oh, I'm trying to go to bed by 9 p.m., you know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So there's just a lot of different things that you have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but the the cool thing about the journaling I just started doing is that I've always struggled with like, like building that habit of journaling. And I, I highly recommend journaling. Like this is like a new thing that I'm like, you all need to do this because I find that when I do write things down, they do come true. Like they do happen. That's the wild part about journaling. Um, But I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I do this that like makes it fun for me? How do I do this that like, bring joy and not Mm -hmm. something that I have to do because it's like part of my health, you know, like my self-care. And what I find is that um, three questions that I I answer each night, because if it's three specific questions, then I know exactly what to write. I'm not like, oh gosh, what am I going to write tonight? Like what I liked about that day, what I did well today, and what are some things that were kind that were, you know, done to me or that I did something kind to somebody else. Three things that I do. Um, or three questions that I answer every day. So it's like the same thing over and over and over again. And it really forces me to be like, what was the things that I really liked about today? Because I'll be honest, when I do this routine, I'm always like, ugh, well, this was fun, but like, ugh, this could have been better. And I'm like, no, 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 but that's not what we're what we're asking. Like you're focusing on just the positive right now. Mm. And it's forcing me to always remember, like be positive about, like focus on what, 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 what went well and not so much what didn't go well. 
And if you keep doing that for a long time, your brain just automatically switches to like, what did go well today? What what did I like about today? And like, what were some really kind things that happened to me? Mm. So then you you don't feel like all you're focusing on is just like, I did not do that right. That person was rude to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a pretty cool practice. And because it's so streamlined, I'm like, okay, I can do this every day and and not be like confused or overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Cause we're busy out here. We're busy professionals. Um, we are so busy. It's, important. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. Everyone's busy. Life is lifing. And yeah. if you don't take the time out, like you're going to, you know, like things are just going to pass by time is just going to continue to go by. So I love that you're mm-hmm. saying that you, to make these, um, behaviors or these patterns more uh, attainable, more realistic is, yes. is really key. Like, do you have the ability to make it easy for you? Like, how do you make it easy for you? And I, I'm learning that right now as a coach, if you want to uh, change behaviors, you, these three things need to happen. It needs to be, you need to have the motivation. It needs to be, you need to have the ability. Like, is it easy to do? Is it hard to do? And then you need a trigger. So if you want to change behaviors, like you need these three things at one time. Mm-hmm. And and I'm learning how to help clients with it. So it's just funny how you're, you're saying that and just reinforcing the need. Like, if you want to change a be- behavior, if you want to add a self-care routine, if you want to do these things, like make it easy to do. Like, make it so it- easy. Yeah, make it, and make it fun too. Like I even bought like a fancy. Fun. I bought like a fancy journal because I'm like I I bought a fancy journal with like a little hook for my for my pen. So like in the past, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to write something down, but I can't find a pen, so I'm just not gonna do. <laughs> you know, just like really silly things like that. And so, um, so for real, yeah. yeah, yeah, but very real. And then so I like buy the, this thing where it's like so easy to do, and it's like a fancy journal. So I like love like touching it. I love like interacting uh. with it. It's like these little things that can really make a difference. So pick something, I think, pick something that you find really important to you. Like, let's say I find yoga meditation, like crucial to my being, right? And I'm being lazy about driving or not even lazy, but it's just like an inconvenience. If like, that's something that's really important to me, that's like affected my life in a positive way, then I probably would either find an online course or do something where I can just like, do I have the option of just like a 15 minute meditation versus like an entire hour, right? Of meditation, like going to yoga studio. So like you can do whatever that you want to, if you find it important enough, but mm, um, just make motivation. It so that, yeah. Just make it so that it's easier for you and yeah. you will be able to do it like a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Those things are important. It, it's necessary um, to our, our well-being. Our, our self-care, just our order, overall health. Like we need those things, especially as busy caregivers. Like we, you alluded to yeah. it earlier. We're busy. We're on the go. We have things we got to do. We have kids. We have responsibilities. So, mm-hmm. so how important is it to you? Like what to your to your involvement that you have these things? Tell us more about what you're doing now. As as start maybe start from COVID. Like how have you evolved and how important has these things? been adding to your to your life yeah um well I think ever since COVID COVID kind of opened up a lot of opened up a lot of different um avenues for me I guess in a way but I don't want to give like COVID the like I don't want to like praise COVID for doing that for me like COVID was a horrible time okay so yeah but there was some good that came out (laughs) but like I think we had to adapt and like learn to be resilient and so that's how you find ways to cope with it I think the better um description for COVID was a catalyst Mm -hmm. of a lot of like growth that I realized I needed to to do um I realized that with COVID that um I'm not actually truly happy in what I was doing um I think COVID just made me realize like, oh gosh, life is short. And Mm. if you don't hold on to, you know, what it is that you want to do in life, then it just feels like life is just like going by, you know, like you're not living it. You're just like letting it happen. Mm. Um, COVID also made me feel like I felt very depressed during COVID with just everything that was going on in the world and felt very hopeless and useless. And so now I'm finding my voice again. So like if I see something that I do not agree with, that I want to make better, 
I am now actively pursuing to make an impact in the world versus just sitting at home and being like, gosh, this is such a horrible experience. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. And then just feeling like really hopeless in that situation. So COVID was a big catalyst for me, you know, branching out of my comfort zone with my job, but also using the that as the catalyst for now I'm going to pursue like being more active and like being more being an advocate and like really putting myself out there to make sure I'm going to make an impact in the world somehow, especially in the world of pharmacy. I'm going to eventually, um, you know, like hopefully when I die, that pharmacy will be reminded of me because of something essentially. So now it's, it's like, I have like this bigger purpose that I want to make a big difference in in the lives of everybody, <laughs> of like the world. Um, and so in order to do that, like I really had to show up and learn how to show up. And what that means is like putting away a lot of the fears that I had. I had a lot of self-doubt. I just didn't think that I was capable of a lot of things. Um, a lot of it was just because it wasn't modeled to me, like nobody around me was wanting more. And I was wanting more. And I'm like, am I the crazy one? Like, I, am I just like... Just, I don't know, like, just relax, you know, like, calm down like, <laughs> what you have now. But like, but for me, I have this like, urge in myself of like, I'm not living my highest potential. And I'm not ready to just like, call it quits and like, you know, throw in the towels. So yeah, a lot, like, honestly, a lot. <laughs> it's even hard for me to process it all of like, how much I had to grow in order to feel like I'm living in my highest potential. And I still haven't, I still don't feel like I've reached my highest potential yet, but I feel like I'm finally making my way towards that goal of what I was supposed to be. Like, I guess, yeah, my purpose in, yeah. in this world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what this, this, uh, these last few episodes, this, this season has been all about like finding purpose, redefining it, restoring it. Um, so I love that mm -hmm. you just shared all of that. And I feel like as nurses on this end, we can identify with a lot of those feelings um, that you were experiencing during COVID, you know, just having a lot of self-doubt. And then just, I, I love that you shared like how you transformed it and you really owned like, okay, this feeling, this, 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 in, this, this gut feeling that you had that, hey, I want to do something more. Like, I, I don't want to just stay within these, these, these limiting bounds, like, how can I grow? Like, and I think that's the first step to like, any growth process, any self care development, like identifying like, hey, this is, this needs to change. I want to mm -hmm. change here. Whether you want to be a content creator, a pharmacist, a doctor, or a yeah. nurse, or just a better mom, or a better well, girlfriend, or a better wife, I you mean, know, you have to start somewhere. Exactly. Well, I mean, I pick content creation and I think a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, you're doing that because everybody else is doing it or whatever. I mean, I don't know what people's judgment are about me about that. Um, I think that when I was going through pharmacy school and then getting a job in the hospital, I was traveling a very traditional path of what people are expecting from me. Yeah. And then COVID happened and I'm just like, uh, I can't do this anymore. And I need to do what feels right to me. The thing is, I pick content creation not as a first choice, to be honest. I was probably thinking like, oh, I'm going to be a, a pharmacy consultant. That's again, is what people are expecting of me. That makes sense, right? But as I keep going and doing this thing on the internet and just posting and getting engagement and people really enjoying the types of things that I put out there, I'm holding, I'm like slowly coming back into myself. Because I don't think a lot of people knew that when I was like in seventh grade, I started a website. I made my own website when I was in seventh grade. Cool. When I was in seventh grade, I was like, I want to make, I want to, I'm like, you know, surfing the internet. And I'm like, I want to make a website. Why am I surfing other people's website? I want to make one. And then a friend of a family was like, oh, I see that you're passionate about this. Let me teach you how to like code HTML. So I'm doing all of this stuff without any buddy telling me to do it like this is a natural thing that's that's going through me and so seventh grade made my own website continued to make content throughout my my young adult life like made more website created more things interacted with more people and at the time social media wasn't like a big thing yet but I'm like interacting with other website makers and like content creator I'm I'm literally like 
been making content my whole life. Mm. It was when I started pharmacy school that I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to focus solely on pharmacy. And that was it. So when I, when I went into pharmacy school, I like let a lot of that content creator self go because I'm like, this is not a real thing. This is not a real career. And I left. And right before, and the funny thing is like right before I went to pharmacy school, I had like a makeup blog. Like I'm telling you, like I was always making stuff. And this was like 2011. So 2014 was when like the makeup industry like blew up and all this like influencer and everything. And not that I'm like, oh, if I had stuck with it, I might have made something out of it. But like I had this idea that that path was not an option for a career, even though many people have been able to make it their career. It's just that I was going down a traditional path that everybody expected from me. So now I'm creating content again. I'm doing it on LinkedIn. I'm doing it on Instagram. I have a podcast. I have like a LinkedIn live series. This is natural to me. I'm coming back into myself. And I don't think a lot of people expect that, but I'm like, no, like I've been resisting this content making thing for a long time. And I'm literally finally coming back into who I've always was without any expectations from anybody. I did it all on my own because I wanted to, because I thought it was fun, because it made me so creative and I'm like inspired by it. So I'm like extremely blessed to have now social media platforms that I can create content and create and grow my an audience on there. But um, yeah, for any of the people who are like, oh, I have to make like content now. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go make content. Like, don't do it because you think that it's fun. Don't do it because you see me doing it. Do whatever that you did a long time ago. Like chase the dreams that you had that you naturally were good at because I'm yeah, I just feel more natural in this environment of content making. So hopefully that makes sense. But the whole point is like, don't do things just because other people are doing it. Do whatever that makes you feel good. And I happen to really love content creating. But if I didn't like content creating, I probably would not be doing this. (laughs) So I love that. I love that. Yeah, you I can tell the passion is just coming out. Like (laughs) when you when you speak about content creating, and then like how you've you've come into yourself through the process. Like that's just a real authentic thing that, that has happened (laughs) and that naturally flowed. And, but it started with just like better understanding of you, better Mm -hmm. understanding of how you, what you need. And through the process, like you come Mm -hmm. into this, this evolving into this better understanding into a better, like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. And I love that social media is giving others that that platform to share to mm-hmm. to expand on things that maybe a nurse like me might have not understand and from the perspective of you know a clinical pharmacist like hey <laughs> the things that she's dealing with are like things that I'm dealing yeah. with too and it's like but yeah but the other day I was at a networking function with a pharmacy association in my state and I'm seeing a lot of people really pursuing their passion with like efficacy and pushing laws through and legislative like you know involvement like they're sitting on the board of pharmacy for example like there's so much that you could do that is not what you always see you know what I mean so like when you're talking about finding purpose you need to really dig deep into like what it is that you you yourself want to do and then seek out the people who are doing it and then join their leagues but like don't just do it because you think that that's gonna make you a lot of money or like everybody else is doing it and so that's what you must do like there's so many opportunities it's insane it's like if you want to be a writer yeah you probably could be a writer and publish a book like this day and age is like there's no limit So like, don't hold yourself back just because you don't see anybody else doing it. Like, that's a huge thing that I've learned. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, don't limit yourself. I love that. I just, I love that. (laughs) And I feel like that was something that I had to work through as well. Um, Because in nursing, you know, the natural um, development is, oh, okay, nurse practitioner school. And I was just like, okay, everyone else is doing that. I might as well do that. But something in my being 
was just like, Fallon, that's not just for you right now. Like something, it was God. Like, wait a second, just, you know, wait, you don't have to go that route. But, uh, you know, I love what you were saying about like, just dream big, pretty much. Like, that's what I hear you saying. Like, dream big, <laughs> allow yourself that space, mm-hmm. allow yourself that space. Um, and yeah. then, and, and follow your passion. Like purpose comes, I think, through the process. Like it just comes like maybe you start nursing school and you're like, okay, this is my purpose, but it doesn't end there. Like it doesn't have to limit. Mm -hmm. If you have that gut feeling like, okay, I want to evolve. I want to change. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I want to be entrepreneur. I want to go back to school, whatever it is. is Literally so many options. And I understand like not everybody has that ability to like, let's say go back to school because that costs money. And like, you know, there's there's a lot of things that you sacrifices that you may have to make in order to make those changes. But I think the f- best first step is to understand what it is that you want, what it is that you truly think is like the right fit for you, not because of what of what everybody else is doing, but what you think. And then start seeking out the people who are already doing it, network, connect with people, figure out, okay, what is my five-year plan? You know, it doesn't have to happen like right away, but when you have a plan, you have a goal, it makes you feel less like lost. Stuck. Stuck. Yeah, <laughs> stuck yeah. is actually lost. So I was, I was saying something about this earlier. Stuck is actually worse than lost because lost, you're actually moving somewhere oh. and you're still figuring it out versus stuck when you're actually not going anywhere and you yeah. are literally like trapped. So, so yeah. you would you would agree with just lost? Like it's okay to be a little lost. It's okay. Oh my gosh, I was so lost when I started my social media stuff. Like I had a I had a career coach because I was like I'm desperate. I need someone a to help coach. me. Career coach, a career coach. Yeah, I'm like someone like help me. And she's like, okay, what you're gonna do is you're gonna start creating a personal brand and like put yourself out there on the internet. And I was like, what? What, what do you mean? Like, what do I even write about? Like, I don't even know where to begin. And I just did. I just did the first step. I did the second step. I talked to mm. all these people and I'm like, where am I going with this? And they're like, we don't know. Like, <laughs> um, somebody gave me a really good advice of like, nobody really knows where they're going. It's just that you have to have that self-confidence of knowing how to handle it when you get there. Mm. Or like, you know, like if you get stuck, then you can pivot and go somewhere else. And if you get stuck again, pivot somewhere else, but just have that self-confidence. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a hundred better, a hundred percent better to be lost than be stuck for sure. Yeah. 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 And you could be in either too. You could be like in either one, but all those, these uh, tips that Thu is sharing with you, like it can help like the self-belief, the self-confidence, like how do you develop that? How is that something that has grown in you? Has that some, mm-hmm. been something that you've always had? I know we talked about your your background as an immigrant, uh, a child of an immigrant, correct? Your mm-hmm. first generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so we, what were some things that you had to break through to get to that self-belief? Or was that already instilled in you from the beginning? Well, being an immigrant, like a like a first generation, because we I uh, we moved to America when I was eight or nine, wow. like, like like went really young, and um, you know of course like there's the whole process of feeling like you don't fit in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. all of this stuff, right? Like feeling that way, but at the same time as like an adult, and I reflect on my immigrant experience, like that experience has probably taught me so much more than like what like regular life could have taught me, and I. Um, you know, like I learned how to be resilient. I learned how to adapt and learn how to be myself in various places. And um, I learned how to be okay with being different. Yeah. Those are like yeah, strengths yeah. that you don't really get unless you're being put, put in those situations. And so mm. now I'm using that to my advantage as an adult. And, uh, you know, so you get both sides of like, yeah, I really had to learn how to the language, the culture, I had to adapt and all that. We left my family, like my grandma, grandpa, my aunts and uncles, like we left them all back in Vietnam. And it's lonely, it's scary, but like, oh my gosh, it's made me realize like I was born to be different and I was mm. born to be okay with that and and like leverage that to my, my best self. And uh, yeah, going from there. I love that. I love that. Like, I feel the same way. Like, I'm in this process of leaning into the differences, into the uniqueness that I was created into, that God give, 
has given me and being okay with that, being okay with being different. Um, but it is our, our uniqueness that adds to how we can serve others, how we can show up in mm-hmm. our career paths and in our, in, in the places that we are serving. Yeah. So I think it's important that, you know, you own it and just, yeah. just lean into it. I mean, honestly, like I think about my parents as like 30 year old adults, like literally moving from a third world country mm. to this ginormous place of America. Like talk about bravery in that sense. Oh my God. And talk about following their path and like, pursuing this big dream. I mean, like, it's funny because they're always telling me like, okay, do pharmacy because it's stable and it's safe. But then I look at them and I'm like, you guys literally moved to America with like so little money. Yeah. And now you're, you're thriving now. You're, you are the ones that pursue the big dream. Like, let me pursue my big dreams. You know what I yes. mean? Like, I don't think that it's fair that you guys get to do the big dream thing. And I like play small, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you taught me to play me. big here. Exactly. Yeah. You taught me to play big. Like with yeah. that huge, huge, bold action. Like, so bold. In a so way, like you it makes it. me. You have it. Yeah. In a way, it makes me feel like when I have kids, I kind of want to somehow get them to like live in a different country and like get yeah. them exposed 100%. to that yeah, yeah. experience. Yeah. A hundred percent. My mom did that for us. Like we lived in uh, Nicaragua for a little bit, just three months, like a summer vacation, but we went yeah. to school there. So we were given that that opportunity to see a different perspective, a different way of life. And I was just different like that life, much yeah. more, that much more grateful, that much more thankful for everything. And um, yeah, I carry that with me to this day, like that understanding of like where I came from. And where I'm going, like, let me dream big. I love that you shared that yeah. as well. So, but, I mean, dreaming big, yeah, but yeah. dreaming big is still really scary to me, though. Like, I have this idea of, like, yeah, I can be anything and whatever. I still have a lot of fear about, like, <gasps> what does this mean? And, like, don't know where I'm going and still, like, just I'm not, like, I don't have this, like, perfect exact destination that yeah. I envision, like, you know, so clearly in my brain. I don't have that. But I'm still moving through despite the fear, despite the doubt. And the more you move through, the fear and the doubt just kind of, you know, goes away a little bit. Yeah, Um, I love that you share that. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely Mm. scary. Like, (laughs) we're here like, do this big thing, do this. Anything can happen. We get it. It is really scary. But like, even if it is scary, you can you can make it through. You're not going to die. I don't think. Oh, that's a good way to put it. Because I think those those self narratives that come in your mind, like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst thing to happen. Like, oh, my God, I'm not gonna make it like, you have to kind of change that narrative. So what are some things that you have used to kind of help you navigate the scary times? Like, because what you're doing now, and yeah, like what you're going into is so like different from what you expected, what others expected of you. So you're going against the grain. So yeah. what have you used to navigate? I think that I had to hone in on who I am as the as a person. And I mentioned this earlier, like in order to feel secure in a very uncertain times, you just have to just hold on and like brace yourself for like, you know that what you're doing is is the right thing. Even if you don't see the result right away, even if other people are telling you like, why are you doing that and questioning Mm. you? And like a lot of people will doubt you as well, because if you're doing something that's unexpected, different than what people are expecting from you, there is going to be a lot of just like uncertain times. Like they're like, why are you doing this? You have to hold on to who you are. You have to like block out a lot of like the noises because you just know deep inside that like where you're going and where you are is where you're meant to be. And yeah. it's different. It's it's not different, but it's difficult. It's very difficult to like hold on to that. But like I, I tell you, it's like the more you hang on to what it is that you believe in and then you, you finally see the results and then you finally can convince other people like, oh, what you're doing is actually really good. Um, that gives you just more reasons to keep going. So you just have to brace for a very long time. For example, when I started 
writing on LinkedIn. Um, and I was telling some of my closer friends like around me, I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I'm showing them my post and like put it up on my phone and like giving to them to read. And I remember having a friend that just kind of like brushed it away. He was like another pharmacist friend. He's just like, I don't know about this. It was like a year later that he messaged me and he was like, Hey, I'm sorry that I wasn't more supportive. I understand what you're doing now and I get it now. And I'm like, but I had to wait an entire year for that, you know, and I didn't mm. wait, but like it came oh. a whole year after and I'm like, okay, I, I, I knew it. I, <laughs> I knew what I was doing was the right thing. I, but that's the thing is do, you can't allow like other people to validate, like you cannot yeah. be yeah, hoping yeah. to get that validation because you may not, you just have to hold on so tightly to like what you believe in and like your own reality, your own understanding, know that you're not doing things on just a freaking whim, right? Like know that you are intelligent, that you're making smart decisions for yourself, that you have a brain and you're critically thinking for yourself. Mm. So like, hold on to that, like, hold on to that, like, I don't even know what the word is, but like, hold on to who you are trust yourself like truly yeah like being true to, to yourself that. being true yeah. to yourself that's what I hear you saying like really being really being the the cheerleader that you want everything that you want from others like you're the one yeah. to give it to yourself yeah. self-acceptance the self-compassion oh, all oh, of yeah. those things be that to mm -hmm. yourself first and as givers as those of us in the profession you know we're we're so used to advocating for others but how much more is that important for ourselves how much more is that important for our own well-being, for our own goals? Like, yeah. And I, when I've switched that and I have changed that narrative and I've come into that understanding, like the same energy that I'm giving to others, I need to practice it in my own well-being. Like what the things that I'm doing every day, like how I treat myself, how I talk to myself. And right now you just gave us great examples of those affirmations to repeat to yourself. Maybe you're going in a different direction. Maybe you're going against the grain. You don't, you're going into these uncharted territories wherever you're at in your career. Um, but having that, that foundation of like, okay, I know who I am. And for me, that's like that for me, that's tapping into who God says I am. Like really, mm -hmm. who, who does God say I am? Because the world will tell you everything else. You got to look this way. You got to be this way to yeah. fit in, to look like this. But where's your foundation? Where's your core at? And they don't give us those things in, in, in school. They don't tell us those things. They just tell you what you need to look for, these ideas, you know, these processes, how to fix this. But what about knowing thyself? What about knowing yourself um, mm -hmm. first before you go and give to others? And I love that you have this, this series, what, what they don't give you. In, what in, they don't teach in school, yeah. What they don't what, teach in school. What is that what, about? Like, share with us more about that, that was uh that was a project that came from a conversation that I had with another pharmacist and we were just like yeah they don't teach that in school like yeah, how to handle yourself you know in real like your real work environment like yeah. how to deal with you know a toxic uh coworker or how to handle like really negative feedback and and you feel like you're falling apart because mm. school is so much school just teaches you like okay if if you get an A on the test then you're doing well if you get a B then whatever but like in real life that's not how the world uh you know passes you. you yeah <laughs> or like gives that's, you, that's not how you meet the mark every time <laughs> exactly not, like you're not gonna that's get not how they B. evaluate you <laughs> like in, at work you know um and I see a lot of that struggle in myself like I think there's a lot of times where I almost failed at something because I didn't know how to handle a difficult situation I really had mm. to learn from that and I'm just like you know what since school's not teaching you these things and since mentorship is kind of difficult to find sometimes finding like the right mentor for you is difficult because you have to like trust this person you have to develop a really good relationship with them in order for it to work well and so until people can find that for themselves like let me just put out my advice and like what I've gone through and like how I deal with it and uh yeah so the first one was all about residency pharmacy residency which can be really difficult because you are now in this environment where if you don't do well, you may not have this career that you want. So then people just like work and work and work until, mm. you know, like until they feel like they're, they're ready for the real world. But like in that process, you can feel really like 
abuse sometimes and like people can give you horrible feedback and you, it's just an emotional roller coaster basically with residency and then my second part was about how to navigate the corporate system uh the corporate structure because you know when i was a pharmacist i didn't know what it means to like climb the corporate ladder i didn't know what it means to like be evaluated and like ask for a raise and like all of this stuff nobody mm. teaches you these things you no know way. Cool. <laughs> So I'm providing that kind of resource for people who are interested in learning from my experience and like going into their own workplace and being really confident and, and like have a better mindset. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love yeah. those, those tools that you're sharing about just what they don't teach you in, in, in school in nursing school mm -hmm. too, in residency as you're yeah, everywhere. You're you're yeah. you're given these basic understandings of the processes, but then what about life after? And I love that Fine. we're able to fill in those gaps. Like you said, mentorship, it's important. And I have a few mentorships for mentors for different seasons in my life. Like, you know, but it's been it's it hasn't been just like, oh, be my mentor. It's kind of like it just kind of happens. And I'm like, hey, I, I kind of look up to you. Like I do. Yes. You have, but like uh you you know, if, like when I was in pharmacy school, we were given a mentor, but it was like this. I don't mean to be mean to this mentor guy, but he was different than me. He was like, a, yeah. in a way, like a stuffy old man. Mm -hmm. How am I supposed to relate to like a stuffy old man? No offense <laughs> to that. I think he was great. And like, uh, he, I think he would have been like a great mentor for other people. Mm. But for me, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable coming to you and asking you for like advice because yeah. I'm scared that you're going to judge me. I'm scared that I'm like looking like an idiot. I don't have a relationship with you versus like I meet someone at a, like a networking environment and I'm like, whoa, you're so cool. And we're vibing. We're having cool conversation. And like, you're doing what I want to do. And like, you're what, what, you're wanting to help me. Like you're answering all my questions. Okay. Like, could we build a relationship there? So different, so different. I think that you have to feel really comfortable asking for help for me anyways. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are scared of that. And yeah, like mentorship's important, but like take your time finding one too. Because yeah, there's, you there's have to feel no rush. There is no rush. But if you know you need help with something, like you say, you have to have a kind of like a mindset, like, okay, I do need help. I do want to grow here. Where yeah. are those people? And I think you said that a lot earlier too, like as you're going through your process and you're doing the scary things and you're finding out who you are, but also find the resources, the circles around you, people that are doing it already yeah. ahead of you and then reach out. Um, but you have to have a mindset like, okay, they're not talking down to me. They're not belittling me. They're not judging me. I'm here to learn. But mm -hmm. also the mentor has to be able to create a space as well. So you, yeah. it's kind of like um, uh, uh, you you gotta have a relationship. You gotta build a relationship. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's so interesting. Yeah, because like when I started on LinkedIn, writing on LinkedIn, I definitely got a lot of people interacting with me. Some people are just like, "Yeah, let me mentor you." But it's interesting because there's like certain people that you know they're like, "Well, if you're interested in this field, why don't you do research on that?" You know, like the advice that you get that you're like, "Ooh, I don't want to do research, though." You know what I mean? <laughs> I just want to know right now. I just want to know yeah. the right thing or like, to do. Well, no, this person actually wanted me to like do a clinical research on something on a topic mm. that I was interested in. And I was like, I don't, that's not where I'm going. Oh, to be a researcher. <laughs> to be a researcher. To like oh. be a researcher, get the data, you know, go and like <laughs> present on the data. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And then there's another guy that definitely reached out and he's super smart, super intelligent. But again, like, where he's at he's like um you know like a cmo or something at a company and i'm like and so his mindset is like cmo mindset and i'm like but i'm like trying to figure out how to start a podcast you know what i mean like uh, not really the vibe so i think that's what i mean like yeah have different types of mentorship but like know who to go to ask for what because yes. if i'm like should i go on a you know a, a live stream with fallon to like a CMO of a big company, he's like, I don't know what that even means. And I don't know how that could even help your career or like where you're going. Like, there's no way that he would know. So then I would have to go ask somebody else who's in the field that I'm doing and be like, do you think I should do this? You know what I mean? So <laughs> being yeah. aware of who to ask. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Being like, aware. I have 
I have different people that I have kind of like leaned on, like, you know, and then like people give me advice and I'm like, okay, well, that's not really for me. And I keep it moving, yeah. you know, but being gracious along the way, oh, like, always. Okay. Yeah. people are, you know, people, I try to believe that people have the best intentions. Maybe it don't come off that way sometimes. I'll be like, but it's all right. My boyfriend. They all have me. good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend yeah. taught me just give people the benefit of the doubt and you leave interactions less feeling weighed down but that's something that I have to work on all the time I'm like let me not try to <laughs> let me not try to read nobody's mind like okay I take it for what it is just okay cool you know and yeah okay what do I need to do yeah. go pray about well, it go journal about sometimes it. yeah well sometimes like what you feel like oh gosh that was a horrible experience like came from you mm. not from the actual other person like you're like mm. oh how dare they like say that to me? But like truly, mm. if you reflect on that, it's like, okay, I obviously took it the wrong way because mm. at the time I was feeling this type of insecurity. Oh, so. Oh, that's you know, why being in the right mindset, being in the, yes, it's all, being it's, very self-aware. Listen, life is complicated and it's mm. okay if you make a mistake and then oh. later on you're like, oh yeah, that was, mm, that probably wasn't the right thing to do or like, uh, oh, they probably didn't actually mean it that way. And, and then realizing that and then, adjust. <laughs> yeah, that's relationshiping. I know we're talking about mentorship. Um, but that's just like Everything, something that yeah. we were we were talking about just a little while ago while we had some time earlier, you know, like as a profession as a healthcare profession. Um, how do we build each other up? You know, you you, mm. you had an opportunity to see nurses and work with nurses. And I, I do the same thing. Like I work with a lot of pharmacists, you know, but how can we we add, you know, to the profession together while relationshiping, while mm. while growing, while you know, working in different areas. But our but our mindsets are the same. Like, hey, we want to serve, yeah. we want to give. Like, how can we operate better as a as a team? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal really is to help the patients get better. Like, that's kind of what you're there for. So, whatever that would help that process be better for me as a pharmacist when I work with nurses. I understand that they don't know pharmacy process. So like I'll, ex I'll explain that to them as, as best of my ability, you know, and obviously there's like a certain point where I'm like, well, that's above my pay grade. Like I didn't make these rules, but I am telling you like how this works and really like bridge that communication gap because mm. there's a lot of things like, for example, pharmacists, we work in a separate place as like most of the nurses do on the floor. So how could we know what you guys are going through day to day when we're in completely different settings? So having that empathy for another person that you work with, but then also try to have that communication of like, I see like, this is what you're going through. We get it. Like, let me try to help you as much as possible. Because yeah, to be honest, a lot of like a lot of miscommunication between pharmacists and nurses are based off of like us just not being empathetic enough towards each other. And understanding where each other's coming from. Like, oh gosh, Ooh. that nurse is like asking for that medication for like the fifth time. We literally just brought it up. Like, why isn't she looking for it? Well, maybe like you need to tell her exactly where to go and look for it then, for example. Or like, maybe you should just give her like the benefit of the doubt that she did look and she didn't see it. And just like gently talk to each other about things. You know, mm. like it's so, it's so minor stuff compared to what's actually going on in the hospital, you know, where people are actually dying. Like- mm you can take the time to like communicate better with each other. And I know it's, it's easier said than done. I think that, I don't know. I, I always love like working with my nursing colleagues because I work on the floor. So I'm like sitting directly on the floor. I go to rounds with them. We communicate all the time. And I love it when I can build a really strong relationship because, you know, like we often don't see each other all the time. And so there is that like miscommunication and then must mistrust happens. So, Yeah. I love all of that. I love all of that. What what floor do you work on? I me. used to work on um I used to work on the fourth floor of this one hospital and uh it was progressive care unit and telly. So is that like that an IMU, an intermediate care? A little bit. Yeah. They do send a lot of the sicker patients up there, but then we also have a lot of like cardiac patients, so a lot of like heart failure and and stuff like that. It was fun. Cool. I, I loved cool. it when I did get to interact with the nurses and like getting to leave my office and then walk directly to the nursing station and have a conversation with them. And we used to, you know, like, especially pain patients in a lot of pain, like nurses and pharmacists do want to talk together and like, see like what we can do with the medications to get them better. And so, yeah, like I love inter interprofessional collaborations like that. Like yes. you can't work by yourself. 
to get a a patient better. So yeah, that's always really fun. I love that we're interprofessional, disciplinary, (laughs) multidisciplinary. Yes. (laughs) And I do miss that because I was telling you earlier, I work in a clinic setting. So it's a totally different um, environment from working on the floor. And I remember, shout out Tara. She is an amazing pharmacist uh, and she worked on the floor with us and she would be up and around and like moving and like with us when we did our rounds and like whatever we needed to better understand how to care for our patients. And sometimes we, like you said, have empathy. Like I may not understand that process, but Mm -hmm. like uh, vice versa, like we don't understand each other's process, but together we can make a difference in how we care for these patients. Cause overall that's the the main, main goal. Yeah. Put aside any, anything that you may have dealt with at home, like before you get into the workplace, you know, like, these we are working together we're a team like and I love that when it we can come together and it's like okay I have a question about this I want to do this better I want to help this person better um what are some ways that we can brainstorm you know pharmacy social work uh just the text you know everybody that that shares everybody we're together and and talking the way that we communicate you know is so important talk and I love the the word that you use communicating gently like how can (laughs) we communicate more in a kinder way I know things get frustrating things get fast-paced they move they shift they go maybe we upset each other you know but having that space of like uh, giving each other the benefit of the doubt maybe they didn't mean it that way maybe I took it a certain way yeah and then I think I I also think like when you don't see each other all the time face to face, we just assume like, oh, what are they even doing down there? Like what what Uh, are pharmacists even doing? Are they even busy? Like what are they just like sitting around talking like and then when maybe when you go down there to the pharmacy, you see everybody's like freaking out about something and then you can understand like, okay, it's it's not about me. Yeah. And then same thing with nurses, like pharmacists are like, I don't even know what the nurses are doing up there. Even though we have a very good idea of like nurses and like your your workload, we understand like most people understand nurses do a lot of that heavy lifting in the hospital. But at the same time, like since you don't see it, it doesn't like, you know, you don't you can't imagine it until you actually yeah. go up there and you're like, oh, I see it's chaos up here. OK, I get this, you know, maybe that's why she keeps calling me because her brain is scrambled. OK, yeah, let me just exactly. go up there real quick. And yeah, we appreciate you 100%. I know. And like, I think that everybody appreciate pharmacists or uh, everybody appreciate nurses, like everybody, like down to like the random kid on the, you know, on the playground. They're like, we love nurses. Like everybody Mm. really know how important your work is like as nurses. And like, you know, the hospital cannot run at all, not even just smoothly, but at all. (laughs) Like no, like healthcare places, facilities, like we can't do anything without our nurses literally so like yeah. the people who like went through healthcare and all, all that like know that like this would not be possible without nurses literally yeah. you yeah. could probably do it a little bit without a pharmacist or like maybe not a big team of pharmacists but like if there's no nurse available we can't we can't get it done so yeah I appreciate that and just that's why I do this like so that nurses can understand not just that they're just a nurse, like, you know, first and foremost, you're a person, you're a person, you're, you're not a superhero, you're human. So having Mm. that mentality, like, Hey, let me be kind to myself. When you take care, better care of yourself, you are then able to give that much more and go beyond and and, and interact with the other members. When you, when you realize your boundaries, your self-worth, you can look at others in the same way. So it's so important that we take care of ourselves because like you said, like, the industry, the healthcare industry can't move without us. But are you taking yeah. the necessary steps to 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 take care of you? Are you are you creating that space to take care mm-hmm. of you? Because they're not going to do it. <laughs> the big entities. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everybody knows how important nurses are. So like, you know, you guys do have the power and the voice to speak up and really advocate for yourself because, yeah, at the end of the day, you guys, <laughs> you're kind of the glue that hold yeah. patient care together honestly. Um, but it does, you know, what you said just now, like superhero, yeah, just remind, just like flashback to the pandemic all over again, where we are being told like you're superheroes, but in a way, like for me, when I think about that, for me, when I think about my, the nurses that I worked with during that time and like nobody was allowed on those COVID units, just the nurses. And like, 
you guys really like just held it together. And like, I feel like I think when I think of superhero, I think of the bravery that you have Mm. because it was just such, so heartwarming and yet kind of heartbreaking too, because Mm. you guys are truly like the first line, like literally the front line. Like if we're talking about COVID as some sort of like war against whatever, like front line, literally heroes, like literally like, I don't, if people don't understand what I'm saying, like then they just, I don't understand how else to explain it to you. Like imagine going into something that you don't know, like potentially some of the scariest thing that you may face. You may get sick yourself. You may bring it home to your family. And nurses were just, they're just like, yeah, I, that's my duty to do it. Like, I, I don't even, like, I think about that and it like sends chills down my whole body because I just talk about like courage to like, protect a community mm-hmm. like the bravery that you have to have is just magnificent so yeah <laughs> I appreciate that yeah it's it's I think somebody else shared this uh the other day too like because of the nurses how we went in every day it just gave this example of like okay if the nurses can get through this COVID so so can we as a world as as a community as neighborhoods we're gonna be okay as families we're going to mm-hmm. make it. If the nurses can get through this, show up every day, still to give their very best, then the world is going to be okay. And I was just like blown away by that. I was like, oh, we did hold a lot of value. We did hold a lot of space, not just for ourselves, but for others along the way. Like mm-hmm. we're going to get through this and how we showed up and now how healthcare is moving forward. Like from COVID, you and I were just talking about this. So many things were born. So many things were, were moving forward now. And so now like we're using that, we're, we're mm-hmm. moving forward. We're showing our resilience. We're showing up in purpose and, mm-hmm. and doing the self-care along the way. Like it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. 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 Well, too, it has been amazing to chat with you and we can go on. Like, I just love how you bring this unique perspective of how, you know, uh, tapping into who you, what you want to do, who you are, like, and growing (laughs) from that. I love that. Like, that has been amazing. Like, I just truly appreciate you. And for those of you that may be watching um, now live or a little bit later, please share with us too, like where we can follow you, where we can tap into what you're doing. What are you, do you have any events coming up soon that we could join? Well, um, I do have actually a LinkedIn live event. Um, the first weekend of November. And so actually I'm inviting my friend who has been like, uh, she's, she's a brand new doctor. She just started, she's a DO. Um, so we're going to have a conversation actually about how to work better together as pharmacists and and doctors. So that'd be a fun one if you guys are interested, but otherwise, if you like my stories and you like to see kind of how I use my resilience to move through this uh, uncertainty time, um, like I have a podcast called Hey RX Friends. We got this. That's available on YouTube and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's been a really fun journey getting to expand this content creation um, of mine. And yeah, it's been really cool. And you're doing an amazing job at it, just being that storyteller, bringing that that, <laughs> that other part of you to the surface and letting us experience it. So I I have been enjoying watching all your stories and just oh, hearing good. hearing from you for sure, for sure. It, it's giving me um, just a, a different perspective, and I I, I love it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I look forward to hearing more about you and on your journey. And two, it's been real. Any last words? <laughs> wow while I sing you off last words. Um, you know, I don't think any, anything, I feel like everything I've said, um, you know, just hopefully that it resonates with somebody. Um, the biggest thing is to make sure that you know who you are and like Mm. really hone in on that and like your conviction of like, Nope, this is what I want. So back off and (laughs) don't try to convince me otherwise kind of thing. Um, but like, you got this is basically my last words. Like, yeah, don't underestimate yourself. Don't underestimate who you are. You got this. You got this. Just keep going. So I love that. I love it. Thank you so (laughs) much for those last words. I'll see you next time, friend. Thank you. Y'all, it's been too real.
Don't underestimate this pharmacist, honey. <laughs> I love it. She is amazing. Dr. Two was in the building, y'all, and we were able to share so much more about, you know, just evolving, what it looks like um, to follow your purpose, to follow your heart, to follow your head, um, and really, like, what are the things that are going to sustain you in that journey? And I love that she shared, you know, being true to self, being so concrete, just having that as your boundary. I think just getting quiet with yourself, that has helped me become more self-aware. Tapping into what your core is about. Like, yes, we see social media, we see our families, our upbringings, but really taking that time to go on a journey of like, what, what is important to you? What, what are you, what is your core about? And therapy helped me being in community with others that are like-minded has helped me get to that core and to that understanding. Um, my relationship with God has helped me really diving into so who I am, what what God's who God says I am, whose I am, and, and really diving into that. So I think it's been wonderful to hear a different perspective from Dr. Two, clinical pharmacist, um, sharing just her different perspective and how we together can be better, um, how we can take care of each other, hold space for each other, be empathetic. And, and I loved what she was sharing with us, y'all. It's been amazing. Don't forget to join our healthy holidays challenge that is going live the last week in October. If you want to sign up for that, make sure you uh, join me on my social media accounts. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Just send me a DM for us nurses, for us givers that want to stay on our healthy goals while giving to others during this busy holiday season. Then this challenge is just for you. Go ahead and shoot me a DM on my Facebook or Instagram. I'm ready for the healthy holidays challenge and I will tune you in. Y'all, it's been a good one. And I can't wait till next time. Shout out Dr. Sue for uh, having uh, this space with us and chatting with us this time. Y'all, I'll see you next time. Bye.